Yeah, that guy is... He was one of those types, he looked like a kid that will probably look like a kid well into his 30s, and yeah. then overnight he'll turn into a prune. Yeah? <laughs> or no, no, the opposite, a raisin. Prune into a raisin, whatever. I'm bad with fruits. I don't eat either really that much. Raisins occasionally. Yeah, raisins. I don't like raisins. I don't eat them as just yeah. a get the mic up. Get the mic up on get your the mouth. Mic up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't eat raisins, raisins. quite that much anymore by themselves. <laughs> raisins in bread, raisins oh, in bagels, yeah. raisins in any kind of pastry make me extraordinarily happy. It's a texture I appreciate in granola. Yeah. It's a little bit more of a soft jam alongside all that hard stubble. However, just by itself as a solo act, I don't believe it works. It's like when um, <laughs> who was the. Um, like Don Johnson and uh, the gentleman from Miami Vice, I cannot remember. I don't his name. know. Do you, do you have you ever watched that show? Um, I've watched occasionally on reruns. Oh, um, really? As some sort of sociological interest, I've watched it occasionally as a snapshot into the pop culture of the time. Yeah. Um, I don't even I don't remember that fucker's name is him. Um, God damn it! I know nothing about him. Has he done anything else? Uh, Don Johnson. No, 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 the other guy. Uh, well, he had like a show. They both tried to do those rock, like those careers outside. Yeah. And because uh, I think they hit their kind of peak and Miami Vice was such a pop culture phenomenon. They thought they could traverse through the pop culture landscape as much as possible. Don Johnson, I think I'm more of a rock thing. And yeah. Philip uh, Michael something. <laughs> Philip Michael. I'm satisfied I, I, with Let's just that do it with Philip Michael. I'm, no, yeah. I'm satisfied with knowing that much. Philip Michael, yeah. Uh, but he tried to do his own thing, too, but it was I know really Don special. Johnson has songs like, I'm looking for a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah, that's all I know, because it was, it was talked about on uh, I Love the 80s. Right. Not saying that he soared into the <laughs> stratosphere of yeah. rock legends. He's, I'm just saying He's not that. selling out Madison Square Garden. Right, the other yeah. gent that tried his hand at the musical game. Yeah. Far more of a Trivial Pursuit question than an everlasting memory. <laughs> Are you good at Trivial Pursuit? I feel like you'd be really good at Trivial Pursuit. Um... If it's a specific Trivial Pursuit game, if you just give me the wide overall Trivial Pursuit, yeah. um, there's sports and things that I just have no, no, absolutely no idea. Like If you go like the entertainment, the pop culture, occasionally some history and maybe some geography, yeah, I'll you know give a pretty good go at it. Um, science, I'm kind of over my head. Yeah, but even but it's kind of weird that you know as a um, as as a male, traditionally, we're supposed to know about sports, and in case of an emergency in a conversation, that's the go-to lever to pull. Yeah. But looking at both the science and the sports questions on the Trivial Pursuit, I would much, much gladly go for science. And I hated science so much in high school. It's my yeah. least favorite subject. I hated math in school. I got to a point in math where I feel like I was able to just stop. I remember there was a sp very specific point when I was in honors pre-calc in 11th grade yeah. where I can't remember what the lesson was, but I just do remember the sensation that I can't learn any more math. My mind has taken in, is absorbed as much math, and ever since that one point, yeah. everything else was a struggle. <laughs> and I struggled the rest of that year, and I just barely passed. And then I realized, okay, is this I, high school this or was high school? Yeah. Okay. And I was able to, because I took honors classes to the point I didn't have to take one senior year. That was the goal. If I just get through this one honors pre-calc, then I'll be able to get to senior year. No more math. Yeah. And potentially no more math for the duration of uh, college too, because uh, Ooh. You kind of, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, did not work because oh, you okay. needed a a some sort of quantitative reasoning. And 
I had I initially took logic, but then I got a girlfriend and I stopped going to class. And, oh, you um, just hung out with so her the entire time. And then uh, you'd be like, Zach, don't go to math class. You know, you don't need that. You just need to hang out with me. Honestly, it wasn't even <laughs> as if I had a Jiminy Cricket. I was just so euphoric at the time that yeah. I just didn't even think like, eh, yeah, logic, whatever. There are more important things going on in my life right now. Yeah, than math. I'm in cloud nine, even if I fail that class. But I withdrew. Yeah, I withdrew yeah. from my math class too. I just did not care. I um yeah, I mean, math is very very important. But I have resolved myself to leave it to professionals. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm going to rely on people much smarter than me to build bridges, to figure the way into the cosmos, to potentially reverse all of these catastrophic errors we're making as humankind. Yeah. I'm also a little bit trepidatious that people like me who say math is not worth my time are expanding. Us, you know, liberal arts lazy people are just growing and growing and growing, and the fine yeah. arts people are just multiplying exponentially and the people who really care and can actually do things are going lower and lower and lower and eventually we're just going to be building bridges out of planks just <laughs> like getting huge planks of wood and just plopping yeah on top like of there's it. your bridge yeah there's your bridge <laughs> is it going to break well if you i knowing me how lazy i am it's like if, if you just lean on the left side really hard you shouldn't be yeah, able to make it yeah no don't crosses. drive on it and walk on the don't one side on it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Everything would be like that scene in Sorcerer where the truck is leaning on the side of it in the middle of the storm. Sorcerer? Yeah, the movie Sorcerer. It's a William Friedkin movie. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that movie. Yeah. Seven. It was considered one of the movies that contributed to the death of the new Hollywood in the late 1970s. Oh, really? Yeah, because it wasn't a box office success. He had success with The French Connection. And, yeah. Uh, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah. And then that was his, the movie that unfortunately did not do very well, had a very, very high budget. And that, coupled with things like um, Heaven's Gate's the big one, New York, New York, that was the Martin Scorsese one. Yeah. Um, one from the Heart, that was a Francis Ford Coppola one that did very well. It kind of led to those low-budget, or studios taking on very artsy, very high-concept movies, as opposed to, during the mid-1970s, things like Jaws, Star Wars, those yeah. big-budget bo- big blocks, block office. Blockbuster. Block office. Block yeah. office. <laughs> movies took off. There were block office success. There's yeah. blocks office. There's a block office space down the street. I'm uh, sure of course. they have really good rent rates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I want to. We started with raisins. I don't know if we can get back to raisins, but yeah. we were at raisins. Yeah. Uh, let me introduce the show. Hello. This is the Alex Kramer program where me, an uh, introverted man, talks to various performers and people in my life today. I have with me. Probably for like the fourth or fifth time I've asked you to do a podcast of mine. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just you're like my go one of my go to people. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully I'm extraordinarily high on talking with myself, and I like the sound of my own voice. That I've been wanting to do this. Good, and I like avail- I like the sound of your and voice. My, and my availability is such that I uh, I have the time. Like, yeah, same you, here. You literally said, "What are you doing tomorrow?" And I can't even lie. Like I got nothing going on. <laughs> There's nothing important. Couldn't make anything up. Right. Yeah. My life has nothing of grave consequence. <laughs> I just like that. I was like, uh, hey, dude, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've asked you this. Do you just want to come in and do my podcast yeah. again? You're but like, uh, okay. The, the like, surroundings yeah. seem a little bit more uh, professional. Yeah, yeah. I just say a little bit more pronounced. I feel like we have much more of a concerted path to go down. Yeah. I don't know necessarily what the plan is, but I do know that there's been a bit more of a free form exploration the last couple times that yeah. has led to uh, two hour discussions with really no point. <laughs> yeah. no this isn't going to be a two hour discussion. This is going to be a passion. Unlimited Christ. time. You're not going to let me talk about the passion of Christ for two hours. Oh, I loved talking about that though. Yeah. There's a point in that conversation that still makes me laugh when you're like talking about like, 
uh, it's this point in Jesus's life, uh, newsflash, he doesn't go off on a Sunday drive. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he went off on a Sunday drive? And you're like, guys, <laughs> I got to go through this whole afterlife and coming over this. So like when the stone moves, prepare the soda, okay? <laughs> Call Papa John's, Big JC's yeah. coming to town. Big JC's coming to town. <laughs> Which I wish that was the ending of Passion of the Christ. I still need to see that movie. I'm I'm intrigued by that conversation. Like, is it worth a watch, do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting, it was made such a splash at the time. Now it's, it's kind of quickly how funny, how quickly that Fuhrer just kind of, no pun intended, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's quickly how, it's surprising how that died down and everyone's kind of forgotten. It was a big deal for a while. Yeah. There were months when it was a big headline on all the major news networks. And um, there were debates between priests and entertainment people. And um, they were talking about if it was anti-Semitic or if it was too violent. Or yeah. with Mel, was Mel Gibson crazy? Or was his dad crazy? And it's just in the genes. Uh, his so dad? I think Whoa. His dad is a... Um, uh, his, Mel Gibson's a really hardcore Catholic. And yeah. his dad uh, is kind of hardcore Catholic squared. And his dad also, I believe, is a Holocaust denier slash revisionist. Oh, so, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's gonna yeah, bring back when press. your movies coming up against allegations of anti-Semitism, and Papa believes that maybe the gas chambers weren't there. You're yeah. gonna have an uphill battle with that. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's interesting. Just out of one, I think any depiction of Jesus in film is kind of interesting in and of itself, even if it's kind of bland, because it's yeah. always what the filmmaker thinks. And how they interpret it. Yeah. Uh, and Mel Gibson likes violence. So yeah, yeah. It was, it's wasn't it about like the last like 12, 12 hours? hours of his yeah. life. We were re- literally rehashing the conversation <laughs> from that. Though. But yeah. I'd say see it, but it, it ruins your day because it's yeah. just, you know, I, just, I'm seeing this nice wasp gentleman get the shit kicked out of him. For yeah. Hours, and that's not cool. Yeah. Who played him? Henry? Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. For some reason, I was going to say Henry Cavill, the guy who plays Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't work because, yeah. you know. He can just, we know Superman, if you put a stake through his hand, he'd just be like, no, you're going to have to do a little bit more than that, Chief. <laughs> Krypton. I would love to hear Jesus say that, hey, buddy, you're going to have to try harder than that, all right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you got some God. Krypton nails. <laughs> Gene Hackman is yeah. going to do something to me. <laughs> yeah, Gene Hackman as a Roman centurion, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I can't do a Gene Hackman impression right now, but he's like, no. yeah, get out of here, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Just slightly grumpy, but also yeah. slightly possessed with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a crazy story. Well, it's not crazy, but I heard a story about Gene Hackman. Apparently, like, he was a, a huge, like, dick on, like, the set of uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Was he? Yeah. Like, apparently, he was, like, really mean. I mean, I've heard a lot of those people who have reached a certain age and then are in these somewhat more independent movies. Yeah. I've heard they've been a little bit more bitter, a little bit more um, uh, prickish. Burt Reynolds supposedly was the same way on Boogie Nights. Because I think a lot of them, I, just judging from a couple of stories I've heard, because when these independent movies pick these guys up and they kind of recontextualize them, they go from a period in which they're these extraordinarily high box office figures, and then they go to these very small independent movies. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I guess some people would view them as slumming it yeah. and or at a lower uh totem than other projects they've had in the past almost as if their glory days have gone behind them yeah. wow. but both times I mean they kind of revitalized the career both of them were voted or nominated for 
Best Supporting Actor for Burt Reynolds and Best Actor for Gene Hackman. Yeah. So they can't really complain. Gene Hackman's, I think, retired now. I haven't yeah, seen he's him a, for a while. He's like 87 years old. Jeez. Yeah. That's Who knows what he's doing right now? Um, hopefully breathing. Yeah, breathe, breathing. Maybe, I don't know, watering plants. Walking. <laughs> Walking, driving Taking a car. Walks. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's eating solid meals and, you know, he's just being his... Possibly. His being I, his maybe I'm only, I can only hope that it's... Uh, kind of like the end of the conversation where he's just alone and paranoid and extraordinarily old in his room and he's playing the saxophone after breaking everything in his house. <laughs> but like, he doesn't have movie. enough wind power yeah. left in his lungs. This is morbid. Yeah, Jesus. we're getting really dark. God. Let's get back to raisins. Let's go back to raisins, yeah. <laughs> raisins. Well, I, I, I did think about on the drive over because we did have such a free-form conversation, just some yeah. points of topic to talk about, and I thought... Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about a movie like uh go for it. Uh Mother, did you like Mother? Uh okay, well this will transition extraordinarily well in my conversation about how life is with purpose and the whole meaning of life thing. So we'll get into that. Yeah. But um I did like Mother actually. Yeah. I actually really liked Mother. Now, I have to see it again. Same here. Because here's what was interesting. Mother is pitched as a psychological thriller, which it is for uh, various extents it's um and the marketing campaign was kind of interesting because it almost pulled this william castle oh you won't believe what you're gonna see in this movie and everything's gonna go off the rails and it's which it does and you know you'll remember yeah. the you'll remember where you were when you saw mother i think that was one of the promotional bits oh yeah <laughs> but as but as i'm watching it i it's you know going off kind of like a thriller but it's kind of goofy it kind of has some weird yeah. bits and I think, depending on how you watch it, will shade whether or not you liked it a lot. Um, so people who are looking at it as kind of a thriller or maybe some sort of drama, there's a lot of goofy things in there. And the things that, I don't want to say necessarily goofy, but they are, uh, they don't match up. They seem out of place. They seem manufactured, artificial, almost, uh, people have said, nail on the head satire, nail on the head, um, yeah. you know, allegory. Which it is extraordinarily strong, heavy-handed allegory. But I, as I was watching it, like midway through, because midway through things start to go a little bit bananas. Yeah. Um, what part are you talking about? Like, is when like that whole party came for when the everyone just or? starts to come conglomerate at the or congregate conglomerate congregate at the uh, at the house, yeah. and uh, it starts with the funeral, then it all disappears, and then this behavior becomes once you kind of start to figure out the allegory, behavior almost seems to be extraordinarily reliant on that allegory and kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. But as I'm watching it, it becomes more and more like a black comedy to me. And as I huh. start to put my mindset in that, black comedy slash social satire, one that is not meant to be taken quite so seriously, um, it started to look a little bit better to me. And as I started, as I'm watching it and I'm reflecting back on the movie, I started to look at it a lot differently. And so there are things that happen that are funny that they, I, I was laughing like out yeah. loud in the theater. People are kind of <laughs> recoiling. And actually after my screening, there was like this group of women that were huddled outside, like crying and like this. Really? Yeah. They were, <laughs> they were, they were genuinely pissed off. And then there was one Yinzer guy that walked out of the very end and saying like, ah, it's the worst movie I ever seen. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> He, uh, but, but as I'm watching, like, I'm laughing out loud because there are just things in it that are extraordinarily funny to me. Like the, like the almost like running gags, such as, hey, B.R. Bardem, there's this one part where 
Like every time something bad happens and Jennifer Lawrence is looking at him like, are you going to do something about this? And he kind of goes like, oh, yes, I'm so sorry, honey, this happened. But give me two seconds. And then he runs away. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden things get tons worse. And he's like, yeah. I'm sorry, they just want to see it. And then especially near the very end, which, yeah. spoiler alert, um, they uh, they have a, a very, baby. very rough labor and a very, very um, contentious birth. And a baby appears. Yeah. And from the minute <laughs> that baby comes out, I'm laughing because I know something's going to happen to the baby. Yeah. And I think... Darren Aronofsky knows that you know something's going to happen to the baby. So uh, there's a standoff between Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence where she's holding the baby and she's like, no, not doing it. And he just sits there and he stares at her just silent and she's like nodding off and she just continues to look at him and he has this blank look at his face just like, I'm waiting, bitch. Yeah. And I started <laughs> laughing because that's just kind of a funny thing. Like, you know what's happening. Yeah. And then she falls asleep. She wakes up. She's in a new share, uh, new pair of clothes, or she has a new thing of clothing on. And she looks up, and of course, um, daddy has the baby. And once again, it's kind of the repeating thing like, what, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, oh, they just want to see it. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I love you. They just want to see it. Yeah. And then, of course, what happens happens. And he's just like, Oh man, we just gotta forgive him, man. Yeah, it, 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 it's funny to me, and it makes it kind of a black, dark joke. And I mean, especially because Kristen Wiig shows up. Like, there's yeah, she shows up. That was her, shocking to me. I was like, oh, okay, wow. But I mean, and she but she's like doing more like indie kind of. But she shows up for about maybe a minute and a half to two minutes of screen time. Yeah, I mean, there's no real purpose to have Kristen Wiig in your movie. I don't even know what she played. I like she played, she played like, like, like her his publicist. publicist. Yeah, and in the credit, she's known as the Herald. But at first, she's kind of like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And she's kind of very normal. And the second time, like everything's going people. off the rail. She kind of repeats herself. She's like, oh, I'm so happy to proud to see you while like there's this big refugee tableau going up ahead yeah. of her. She goes, I'm so happy and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, she says, um, finish them or something. And this yeah. really kind of perky voice. And they just start blowing the people away. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's funny to me. And I started laughing. Like it's <laughs> to me and to me, one of the, I guess the influences he said on the movie was Louis Benwell's the exterminating angel, which I had heard. And I thought he just meant in terms of it's about a bunch of people in a house that maybe can't get out or whatever, but it's really because of that satire. Actually, there's a couple other Louis Benwell movies. Um, there's one called Ridiana that it has, uh, a lot in common with and a movie called The Milky Way which is a Louis Benwell film it's a satire on religion so is uh, Verdiana but they have this kind of dark sense of humor where the things that happen are very heaven-handed allegories but at the same time their sense of humor kind of transcended it's not so much like it's supposed to be subtle it's more supposed to be the implications of the joke yeah, like in uh, the Milky Way, there's a scene where a guy imagines the Pope being shot by an executioner squad. It's not exactly a subtle point he's driving, but <laughs> okay. But that's what I thought about Mother, and like yeah. I said, it was kind of funny to me watching the woman outside, like crying, and then I saw it with uh, this girl Christina. She went to the r- women's room, and then she came out and she said, "Yeah, there are all these middle-aged women just crying in the stalls <laughs> in there." <laughs> Like, give us a minute. Yeah, and she, she's like, I liked it. I just didn't understand why you were laughing the entire time. Yeah. She's like, it's... Yeah, on. I didn't laugh. But, like, it took me a while to, like, think about, like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Then, like, I heard, like, in an interview, I think Darren or Jennifer Lawrence said, like, oh, it's about the relationship between God and Mother Earth. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, the one point I did lose it, and I lost it for two reasons. One, because I 
laughed at the actual moment, but two, I laughed at what I thought would be even better punchline joke. It's at the very end, once again, spoiler alert, um, a lot of shit goes wrong, and Jennifer Lawrence is like, all right, fuck you hoes, I'm blowing the shit up. She goes down into the basement, and oh, yeah. she <laughs> blows the furnace, and um, everything burns, but Javier Bardem, he kind of realizes God. And she's all burnt up, and he's carrying her, and she says, um, who are you? And he goes, I am who I am, which is, you know, a line from the Old Testament. And then she, he says, um, I need more from you. And then a quote from The Giving Tree, which I noticed, was she says, I have no more to give you, which is, you know, after in The Giving Tree, takes the apples, takes the branches, takes the trunk, yeah. all that stuff. And then it's a stump, and he says, I have nothing to give you. And as an old guy in the giving tree, he says, well, I just need a place to s sit and sleep. And the tree's like, oh, I can do that. And he just sits on the, um, on the tree, and that's the end of the book. Yeah. But uh, in this, she says, I have nothing else to give you. What I thought would be really funny if just Javier Bardem just sat on her, and that was the end <laughs> of the giving tree. But what ends up happening, which was funny, is he rips her heart out. Yeah. Like, that, that to me, was just, the, like, that's, that's funny. Like, I'm sorry. It, no, I would laugh, I, too, if, like... Because yeah. I recognize it as the giving tree. I can't ha help but note that this can't... I can't be the only one that sees the giving tree reference. And then she goes, I have nothing more to give, and he literally rips her heart out. <laughs> like, that's fucking... That's funny to me. Like, yeah. I, that, to me, that's just weird. Black I, and now I'm just picturing, like, him just sitting on her, and then it just, like, slowly zooms yeah. out. Then just plays like yeah. a random song. I don't know. <laughs> What's crazy though is that and these big kind of studio movies that um, I don't know if I hit the microphone. I apologize if I did. Yeah, you're, you're good. These big studio movies that are very risky ventures. There were a couple. There was Mother, and then there was the Last Blade Runner that just came out. What did you think of that? I just saw it Loved a couple days. I thought it was good too. I have to see it again because there are some parts of it that I was really confused by. But there are these big. There. Mother wasn't a huge uh, Box budget. Uh, Blade Runner had a huge budget. Yeah. Uh, but they're given these wide releases, and they're not doing extraordinarily well. I mean, Mother bombed, and Blade Runner is kind of bombing because of the budget. Yeah. But they're these extraordinarily dense movies that you're surprised they even got a release in the first place, but I'm also kind of nervous because of their lack of success, yeah. now we're not going to have any real widespread releases and we're going to have more sure bets from the studios, more superheroes and such. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of superhero movies? I think they're fine. I've just, I've grown tired of them. Yeah, same here. Like, I think there's just too much. Yeah, and I, I think, I don't Like, really when will them. America be happy with, like, the superhero movies? Like, when are they finally going to be like, okay, I'm full, I'm good? When we can fly. When they can fly. When a whole movie theater of people just fly, just fly in the air. We're able to mutate into some sort of uh, extrasensory or, yeah. you know, s supernatural ability. And then we're like, you know what? We don't have to fantasize. You know, we don't need anymore. to watch this. I already right. have it. This allegorical crap. I'm living it, baby. Yeah, I mean, like, people can't do that with other movies. Like, there's no one who watches, like, Mrs. Doubtfire go, like, you know what? I should dress like an elderly British woman to reconnect with my kids. I, I, I should do that. Oh, I thought the point of that film was that you should absolutely do that, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I don't have any children, but yeah. I have, you know, a bunch of really old floral dresses and a makeup kit to <laughs> mark the occasion whenever I do. I'm just going to self-sabotage my relationship. 
just so I can get to that point where yeah. I have an identity crisis and I have to transform into an old British woman. Yeah, then you do a montage to a dude looks, looks like, like a lady. lady. <laughs> That's not nail on the head filmmaking, is it? Yeah, it is. No. They're, <laughs> they're like, we, can, we don't have any other song we can use for this montage. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> Can't use Summer Breeze by Seals and Croft. That's too slow. It doesn't beat the... It's not gonna go with exactly. And Robin it sets, Williams playing soccer. <laughs> Who directed that? Chris Columbus, I think. Yeah, Chris Columbus. Yeah. Like, look, I have a vision for this film. <laughs> like, what song should we play in this thing? We have to. We have to mark the pace. We have to notice both the passage of time as well as a. This is a one-shot thing. Like, yeah, we need to yeah, like exactly. get it this together. Is the crucial point: if you're gonna throw a montage in there, you have to be responsible. <laughs> like working with nitroglycerin you just have to make sure it's one but it all comes back to it all comes back to sorcerer nitroglycerin um <laughs> they're like hey I, I have an idea this might be a little crazy but dude looks like, like a lady, lady. like mm. Chris, i don't understand why i just wait you know the thematic content of the movie <laughs> might suggest that it's a good idea because he huh. is a dude, but he disguised He's himself so dude. well. He looks like, like a, lady. a lady. Put it in the movie. In. You know what? And <laughs> I was wondering, we had that really out of place section where Robin Williams is playing the broom like a guitar. That fits so perfectly well, yeah. with the song. Because the song has a guitar in it. The song has a guitar solo. Man, Chris. <laughs> Chris. You were just a problem solver. Yeah. That's where what have you been hiding? Is. Exactly. Yeah, well. I studied the French New Wave and all the classics. Yeah, yeah, you know, Fellini never did this. You can't, you can't picture uh, Armacord with a no. dude looks like a lady. Right, no. With a bunch of guys Armacord masturbating a in a car. Piss through a contraption and it leads to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, redirecting, like using a funneling system to redirect urine. What a weird thing to think about. It's to, one of those redir that, to redirect what? There's a scene in Armacord where they... Um, a schoolboy uses this like weird contraption to uh, he takes a whiz and there's like this weird funneling so is that remember. in a classroom in a classroom yeah yeah i remember, <laughs> I remember but watching i mean that. it's one of those so out of left field things that yeah. you think this fellini had to have done that or had known someone that did this because supposedly it's very very autobiographical that town yeah. and all its inhabitants i guess had yeah. some sort of reference to his life but wow. uh <laughs> yeah i think i you see shit like that and you think that's weird to obscure of a idea for that yeah. not to have happened at some point you don't just sit around at home and think you know what would be a great way to better transplant urine yeah. as a prank <laughs> when you're in the middle of school exactly i'm gonna have this erector set rendition of a urine <laughs> of urine disposal yeah like hey i've always every time i was in school i always had to piss and like you know i had these tubes laying around on my desk and i was like exactly. I, I just need put them together and <laughs> Which, bada boom, bada bing, I'm taking a piss in algebra. Yeah. Exactly, which is so funny because, you know, you consider, you know, there's all these great think pieces written about Fellini and about how he moved from the neorealist period up until what is considered Fellini-esque, where he dabbled in more surrealism and then he yeah. kind of made it his own. And, you know, his comments on both the director's vision and all that's, you know, how the auteur basically becomes the tortured artist. And then you also have to take into consideration there are just moments where he's like, okay, how am I going to film this scene in which this child is pissing and then it's going in a different direction? Yeah. It's like it's like the two different sides of a high art and low art. He's like, oh, I want everyone out of the room now. Like everyone look, get out, yeah. Yeah. Or everyone, you know what? Stay in the room. We're going to watch this kid take a piss. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, God. Boring people. Yeah. <laughs> am I right? High five. Oh, yeah. Can't but reach you. Yeah, I can't reach you. Oh, Collapse. No. 
Collap. Collap. We'll, we'll put in the sound effect Look at the later. Elbows. <laughs> yep, that's the advice I remember. Yeah. Uh, God, but uh, yeah, I haven't like watched any like new films because like I don't have the money. But like, all I've seen is like Blade Runner, which is all right. Uh, Jared Leto's Jared Leto's character is really creepy in that movie. I still don't know like his purpose in the film. I think he was just supposed to be the Tyrell replacement. He's supposed to be kind of the grand high, you know. Yeah. I'm a creator, and I'm just going to spat out the philosophical points in order to, you know, better ground this in a more existential funk. Although I think we're just suffering as a country from Jared Leto fatigue. Yeah. Because he does, I mean, supposedly he does all kinds of crazy shit, like in a method kind of way, but he takes it to a weird extreme in which yeah. people are like, come on, dude. Apparently, like, you, he act- it's a, you come from my so-called life. Don't try to make, like... Your yeah, and you're in 30 seconds to Mars. Too. Exactly. Too. You're not saw- Montgomery Cliff. Let's chill the fuck out. <laughs> Montgomery Cliff? Mm. Yeah. Montgomery Cliff, Marlon Brando, all those guys from the past that, you know, were pioneers in their field. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I saw this YouTube video. of. I only watched a little bit of it because it was really awkward. It was just um, 30 seconds to Mars was playing on... Uh, Ellen, okay. and all three of the band members weren't on stage. They were just in the audience. Okay. And like there was the drummer was using like a drum machine. The guitarist was, had his guitar, and then Jared Leto was just like very passionately just sitting next to this woman. He had his eyes closed. It had to be a song about God because I think they're like a Christian rock band. Okay. Yeah, and, it was, and like you could tell like the audience members were so uncomfortable. Right. Because it was just this guy like screaming about Jesus mm-hmm. right next to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm hoping they're not church members because yeah. I don't know if you've been to some churches. That's all they do is scream about Jesus. <laughs> Just yell in yeah. your face. They're positively enthusiastic about him. Yeah, they, they love the guy. They, they think him. he's yeah. cool. Yeah. They shout to the heavens. <laughs> Jesus! Jesus, yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's kind of like the main point of conversation in the, several churches. In the yeah, church. yeah. They, can't, they don't shut up about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's gonna be like some points where, like, you know, they run out of stuff to talk about Jesus. No, no, you don't think so? You don't go like it's gone this long. They're gonna, they're gonna keep going. <laughs> they're like, uh, I mean, like they talk about how great Jesus is, like, uh, but like there has to be like one person go like, you know, he's a great guy, but you know, not the best fashion. You know, I don't like, I don't like the way he dressed. <laughs> well. You know, it's like it would be hypocritical. It's like whenever <laughs> Barbara Streisand t- tends to be wants to be for the people, and that at the same time there's aerial photos of her, you know, huge mansion on the shore, and it's yeah. Or Al Gore, there's always things going on about Al Gore about how he's he's in he's in Pittsburgh right now. Al Gore is yeah. I was doing a lift shift, and uh, the woman I picked up was going to was like a part of his uh, climate change conference. He has. Oh yeah. He was doing it at the David Lawrence Convention Center. Yeah, I mean. Like, I know nothing about politics. And one of these days, I should, like, read up more on it. Like, do you, are you pretty, I remember we talked about politics one time. Like, um, are, you little, are you a little well-read I in like politics? I like to keep myself well-versed and well-read. I don't yeah. really have any strong, like, I, I'm not the type to want to have very strong opinions one way or the other. I like to keep my mind open because I don't, you might find yourself in a situation where you find a piece of evidence or argument from someone that's very compelling. And yeah. I find when you have such a stonewalled approach, I'm, my opinion is right and I'm going to fight 
for it till it ends. You block yourself off from potentially some enlightening information. I guess yeah. I fall on the liberal side of things, but that doesn't mean I don't like to listen to conversations, and especially right now. Yeah. Everything's become so polarized, I believe. Like you can't give like a, an, an opposite opinion. Right. Yeah. A little bit of listening can do you some good. Yeah. Uh, like, I guess I fall on the liberal side too, but like, I don't follow politics that much. And also like, you know, I was raised by two conservatives. Right. So like, I've heard the conservative side of things, yeah. but also like, I, I like to think that I'm at least a little bit mature to like hear an opinion and just go, okay, I don't agree with that. I was you know? a super conservative in high school, which is. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Like, didn't you like campaign for Bush or something? Yeah. Well, I was, uh, kind of grew up in a conservative household and i mean i was kind of in the church environment not hardcore but it was around it was a part of the schedule yeah yeah. and um so conservatism kind of bled into that and so yeah i was part of a young republicans outfit (laughs) yes uh yeah it was around like 2003 2004 when it was really popular to become a or was really popular to be a republican and uh you know with that iraq war and the uh yeah all that shit going on. But <laughs> we campaigned for Bush. We used to do really stupid shit. Like, we used to go to anti-war protest and put up pro-war signs. Uh. So we thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm surprised we weren't attacked, like, in, you know, the protests that are going in now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I... For me, though, it wasn't even so much that I agreed with the ideology. There's just something kind of romantic about being on a side that's being so attacked yeah and i guess at the time maybe because i was insecure about myself and i was a little (laughs) bit more portly and my hair was long and i looked like a gender confused person um looked like i was in a state of crisis when it came to my outward appearance i was looking for something to latch onto and i noticed people who were conservatives who were extraordinarily well-spoken and who were able to lay out their point of view and in debates or conversation be the dominant person in the conversation, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I thought, well, the odds are stacked against you, and yet very rationally, very logically, you're able to push it away. Yeah. And, yeah, to me, that seemed like the coolest thing in the world. And so I aspired to be kind of like that, very self-assured. So when huge issues like the Iraq War or um, I kind of fell out of the fold when Katrina and all that shit happened. But, Yeah. yeah, it seemed very, very cool to me. But right now, you know... Right now, I can't watch that much politics. Yeah, it it's gets chaotic. annoying. It's become a tabloid show now. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that it's <laughs> it kind of easier to follow it, but at the same time, I get that same queasiness that I do when I watch tabloid television. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. Some points, just like you, like you, you hear certain stories and you just go like, "Fuck, this is what people are talking about." Like this is yeah. news now. Right. Yeah. Well, just, I, was, I was thinking about because. Right after Trump got elected, there was that spat that uh, there was the thing where Mike Pence went to Hamilton and the Hamilton cast were yeah. nervous. And they gave them the, you know, welcome, but we're nervous because we know we know how you feel about the gays. And then Trump fired back on Twitter. And I remember at the time thinking, man, this is crazy that this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold, what I realized that was base of Mount St. Bullshit because everything else after that has just been week after week. Of just craziness. craziness. Something new is just coming up. Like like all the different stuff you hear like about like, you know, like that 
Republican senator who was anti-abortion had that mistress he told to get an yeah. abortion. Like you just you just hear like crazy stuff on both sides. Right. You just go like, oh shit, this is just never ending. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Ugh. Headache inducing. <laughs> God, we always just go into like the most morbid subjects. We do. Yeah. I mean, we were at Jesus for a second. Yeah, we were at Jesus. I mean, like. You were right there, and then it you just know. went into a different way. I, I I completely forget, even though it just happened a few minutes ago, somehow, how we transitioned. I don't to know that. how the transition to Al Gore happened, but that's where he moved. And you were talking about having the lifts. Uh, yeah, I ride picked a lady up, and yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> oh, man. I so mean, I'm glad we uh, resolved that issue, whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it. We got it off our chest, and you know, maybe we we're better. Maybe we're better people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. My posture in this chair has slumped down significantly. I don't know if that's a sign of confidence. You're relaxed. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, or I'm, I'm slouching in my chair and I got my microphone at my Or mouth. you're taking the dominant position and I'm lowering myself because you're <laughs> reigning over me. Well, I'm the host, so I guess I have to be dominant. I don't know. I don't I know the rules. Yes, you are the uh, host, but I'm also your guest. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Let's just be on the same level. Why do we have to top one another? I'm also nervous about doing something to the microphone. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Eating it or like <laughs> hitting it with your face. I only had a very small turkey wrap before I came here. I'm not going to lie. I could have yeah. gone with a side dish. Just the turkey wrap? You didn't get a side? Uh, well, I was at Dunkin' Donuts, so I had oh, these yeah. wraps that your are favorite. small. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of money, but like we're, we're getting... Uh, like work on our house done and like the guy was working on it was doing pretty good by himself and I was just sitting there so I took my dog for a walk that was all right then I just went to Subway by myself and like I'm fine now eating at a restaurant by myself even though Subway is not a restaurant it's just a that's a restaurant yeah you, would you call it that yeah yeah okay yeah uh eat yeah fresh. <laughs> eat fresh and it was fresh uh hopefully but I just sat there by myself and it was just yeah it was fine there was one uh, like doctor who like was behind me, and he was on his phone the entire time. And I remember he got there, and I just remember he was on the phone with someone he was working with. I'm assuming that's who he was talking to. And uh, the old lady behind the counter, she was like, "Oh, what can I get for you?" And he was like, "He was like, oh yeah, six inch Italian BMT." And uh, one said, "Like you know, you can get it half off if you order a foot long." He's like, "Really?" <laughs> I'm not paying for it. <laughs> you hear that, man? I'm not paying for it. It was like, on the business expense, I guess. I, I guess, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was a doctor. Was he still rocking he, the he stethoscope? Was, he was rocking. <laughs> yeah, he had the stethoscope. He was holding it like a microphone. Gotcha, gotcha. He was like, hey, what up? What up? I'm a doctor, baby. Yeah. Doctoring it up. No, but he had the uh, he had the scrubs on. Yeah, one, two, check. Palpitation, palpitation. <laughs> what? How? Who? I mean, yeah, I mean, perks are cool, but who gets enthusiastic about putting a $5 Subway foot long on your expense account? I have no idea. Like, if you want to put it as something <laughs> on your expense account, yeah. go crazy. Go to a steakhouse. Yeah, go go, to, yeah go order something expensive. Get it like an expensive bottle of wine. Get that shark fin soup. It's yeah. totally irrelevant to why you would want to cut off Would you ever spin. eat shark? Like, I was watching, uh, I, I just watched uh, the Meyerowitz stories. I heard that was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like in like one of the first scenes, they're eating shark, like shark, yeah, shark soup. And I was like, I wonder what that would taste like. It would just taste like meat, like seafood. I don't know. Like, 
I guess the shark fin really has no taste. I haven't tasted it. I remember I watched a documentary um, which was meant to employ sympathy towards animals that are less fortunate because they're eaten. However, uh, they talked about shark fin soup. It's a really expensive delicacy, but it really only affects the texture of the soup. The taste is kind of negotiable. Yeah. What's really the big thing is, I guess, it's a sign of nobility, the fact that it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And it is, you know, very rarely served. That's kind of a big deal. You have to go to, a, like, a particular place to get your shark. Right. Like, someone getting really excited about shark. Right. Like, I like mean, it's my favorite co- meal. Yeah, I like to eat shark. Some people collect magic cards. Some people eat shark fin soup. There are plenty <laughs> of ways to show that you are superior in your field. Yeah. See, like, would you be comfortable being rich? Like, being... Like a billionaire, would you be comfortable with that lifestyle? Uh, I don't know. I, I always think, you know what, I, would, I don't know if I would like to have so much money that I become an industry unto myself. Yeah. However, I always think, yeah, I would like to have enough money that I could live a comfortable life and then do things with still that drive to self-betterment and potentially yeah. I'm not so in the clear that I'm going to be... Um, you know, reliance, or I'm, I'm going to just lay around and do nothing. I'm a very lazy person. I know if I had that much money, I would get absolutely nothing done. Yeah, you same know, here. I'm, enough to have like a nice, <laughs> a nice apartment in a metropolitan area. I can walk around if I want to. I can take or leave certain jobs, but at the same time, there's enough to make me hungry. Yeah. Not metaphorically speaking. Well, metaphorically speaking, I'm not talking literally. I'd be eating shark fin soup. Um, <laughs> you have shark, you have uh, like uh, like barrels of shark fin soup in yeah, your barrels. <laughs> I got a Costco. I got the full apocalypse kit. Where's the shark fin soup? It's like, dude, that way. That way. Yeah, we're having a sale on it. Right. Two it's barrels. Right next to the Kirkland teas. <laughs> Kirkland. Kirkland. That's their brand. That's the Costco brand. Kirkland. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's like, the wait. Costco has a brand of clothing. It has a brand of it. Kirkland is kind of their brand for everything. They have Kirkland food. They have Kirkland clothes. They oh. have Kirkland all kinds of things. It's, you know, what's... I mean, I'm trying to think what the Target is. Target has clothing brands unto themselves. Yeah. Though. They don't Like celebrities soup. do. Right. Well, Costco brands. has something like Morona and... Um, but they don't... Morona doesn't sell soup. Kirkland sells soup. <laughs> they actually sell a really good tomato basil soup that I used to get all the time. At Costco? Uh, yeah. Well, my mother would get it, and she would send it to me when I was living in New York because yeah. I don't have a Costco membership. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was one it. of those stores you had to, like, yeah, it was it's like, like Sam's, Sam's Club. Club. Yeah. yeah. You have to have that membership. Got to get that curd. Yeah, yeah. I got to get those deals. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> that forward-thinking, though. Yeah. Nah. I mean, like, Sam's Club is all right. It's just, like, it's like a warehouse. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to be part of that club. Vaguely impersonal. Yeah. But <laughs> people like it. I'm not yeah, gonna... yeah. They, hey, I'm not shitting on people. If they like no. Sam's Club, go if, all for it. Exactly. I mean, if you want to buy 30 containers of pretzels so that you are not without pretzels, pretzels do it. someone's strategy is working out. Yeah. I'm if I want to have a pretzel, eh, pretzels are all right. They're like a last result type of snack. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing exciting. But you're kind of comforted that they're there because if nothing else, like <laughs> you if feel you lonely dinner, and sad. If you go to a dinner and they're serving something that's absolutely atrocious, you can at least kind of go over to the container of pretzels and start. Yeah. Nominating those. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to survive this without anyone listening to my stomach growling. Yeah. It's always nice. Eh, it's all right. Um, I like uh, Annie Ann's pretzels. Anytime, I'm rarely at the Monroeville Mall because the Monroeville Mall is not a very fun place to go to anymore. 
Never. I don't think it ever was. But I do go there for when the pretzels. When zombie apocalypse has happened, it's a pretty awesome yeah. spot. <laughs> when zombies are eating your flesh, right. it's a great place. Yeah. When the dead rise, Monroeville is your one-stop shop. I think they're doing Giorgio Romero. Yeah, I might go over there whenever this is over. They're playing Martin at 9.45. Oh, yeah. My brother was telling me about that. What's... um. You were saying something about all the Monroeville Mall, and it's no longer the fun place to be. Yeah, it's just it's just depressing. I mean, there's been terrible stuff that's happened there, but like anytime I've gone there, I don't even remember the reasons I've gone there. Just every time I've walked through there, it's just like no no one seems happy to be there. It's Is very it just, deserted. I haven't been there, I think, since I first moved to Pittsburgh, which was going on near 20 years ago. So is it? Is it just because there's been commerce built up around it? It no longer has the same amount of pull. Is it kind of become one of those, the other mall? Yeah, that could be it too. And also, like, you uh, know, the shootings that happened there in oh, the past I couple totally years. Forgot about that. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. Monroeville's. Uh, I mean, I live there still, but like, yeah, Monroeville's not like it's just a suburban town to me. There's, yeah. there's nothing to do in Monroeville. Uh, uh, there's nothing to do in Monroeville except for like eat. And like all the chain restaurants. If you want to eat and you live in Monroeville, you're set for life. Like two thumbs up. Oh, God. See, we didn't, we're not getting too deep like we did in the other conversations. We're just talking about like food, Jesus. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a good thing because I was sitting at TGI Fridays the other day. I think I was in Monroeville. And I was just thinking about how everything is empty and meaningless and then there was no purpose in life. Really? Yeah. Like you were actually thinking that? Well, no. I mean, I figured I'd make that up because we were getting to the superficial stuff. And I thought, man, we just got to get back to how there's this dark void we're staring into. Man. Yeah. There is a dark there's void. There's a dark void, man. And no matter how much Applebee's samplers you try, it's uh, always going to be there. I haven't been to Applebee's in a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Applebee's is a fun place. <coughs> I don't know they're saying. Like, Applebee's fucking eat here. But, you know, it's like it's a fun place to get a yeah, meal. Please, you and your Bada boom, bada bing, babies. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collective. Yeah, they're good folk. I'm sure they have their tight knit community. <laughs> the Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, they have their strong. They're probably like any other restaurant crew. There's like the bonds that are made with the servers. Absolutely. Yeah, they have the drug addicts that work in the kitchen. Well, you'll find that everywhere. Yeah, you'll find that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just restaurants. Right. Which we should just end that stigma right now. Drug yeah. addicts are everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. It's not just the <laughs> service industry that leads you to drug addiction. <laughs> Some people have severe emotional issues as well as a predilection towards addiction. Yeah. It's not trying to cook a steak to midwell perfectly. Yeah. That's not that doesn't set them off to go in a bender. Probably doesn't hurt the addictive path, but no, you know, no. it's probably not the sole reason I've watched yeah. intervention. It's never, you know. At age 11, Katie was unable to get a perfect, perfectly grilled salmon, and therefore she spiraled into... She bumped lines every night. <laughs> she bumped lines. <laughs> like, when I was 12, I... Just say it. Just admit it. I had to close the restaurant, and I didn't get out till 2 o'clock in the morning. And At 12? Wow. <laughs> You're already on closing duty. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. You start early. Yeah. With both they don't people. care about the law. They're they like, you know, yeah. No. Oh, I, people who work in the back of restaurants, I swear, they have the most egregious, gnarly schedules. Yeah. They'll work a ton, especially if, like, they're always understaffed. They're always looking for, like, every restaurant I've worked at, they've always been looking for help. Like, yeah. I just got a thing right now. It said, oh, we'll give you $100 if you give us some kitchen staff. 
because they really? all... Really? Yeah, because it sucks to look at Wait, that. Wait, was that online? Someone just saying, like, hey, I'll give you $100 if you give me a cook. There, no, well, <laughs> there was through, like, the hot schedule website that I... Oh, oh, I remember hot schedules. you messages, and they'll say, we'll give you a $100 Visa uh, preloaded gift card if you recommend a sir, uh, chef that's hired. So, Wait, like your bosses said that to you? Or? Yeah, they, well, they sent it was like a company-wide message. Yeah. Because, you know, they have very, very hard hours. It's kind of a very high-stress job. Yeah. Uh, you don't get paid a ton, and it's... The back of the house? Yeah, the back of the house. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I, d- well, this is not so long ago, but I washed dishes for five years, but I just remember like anytime I got like a raise, my, the general manager would always like pull me to the back where like the lockers were. He'd be like, Hey Alex, yeah, I'm giving you a $1 raise. I'm just, I really am digging what you're doing. You, you get in there, you get it done. Yeah. I remember one time my manager said to me, like, you're so good with training the newbies. You can bring a horse to water, but if he ain't drinking, he ain't drinking. And you know what? You're helping us out a lot. I was like, thanks. <laughs> Why would you use that phrase for that moment? And I actually like that phrase. I actually like, I think that's a good phrase. Isn't that right? Like, you can bring a horse to water, but if he ain't drinking, he ain't drinking. Is that the way to say it? Roundabout way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I just it's, remember it's that I like a, it. That sounds like more of a regionalism interpretation. <laughs> If he ain't drinking, he ain't drinking. Yeah. Like, wow, that's really... You could bring a horse to water, but if that shit got flies, fuck the water. Fuck it. Don't (laughs) drink it. Like, like, there's like two farmers. They just had one cow with them. No, no, it's a horse. It could be a cow. Maybe they just changed it to a horse to make it more appealing. You can bring a horse to water, but the fluoridation content in our water supply (laughs) will lead to gay frogs. Infowars.com. Yeah. Uh, That kind of reminds me. I heard an Alex Jones uh, theory... That's always a good sentence. Right. Yeah. I heard one of his theories was like there was like a chemical in the water that turned frogs, frogs gay. gay. Yeah. Oh, I haven't I haven't been up close and personal, in fairness, to see whether or not frogs exhibit homosexual behavior and their drinking patterns. And if they them. are, that's their life. We right, shouldn't judge. Not, we shouldn't judge frogs I'm, if I'm they're gay. I'm not saying that Alex Jones <laughs> is a little bit unhinged. I'm just saying he threw a theory out there. Yeah. I don't have the scientific evidence, mm, no. nor do I have the control experiment to say yeah. if it's true or not. And Alex Jones, you got to say, he knows his stuff. He's a very <laughs> smart guy. He's passionate. Yeah, he's passionate about his stuff. Uh, Showing I, up is I couldn't say 90%. That a, I couldn't say that with a straight face. There was a guy that showed up at the Cheesecake Factory with a CNN, his fake news shirt. Seen it? Oh, really? And I saw him, and I was like, all right, word. I mean... Whatever. You didn't point it out, but... No, I mean, I just saw him, and I was like, okay, this guy probably has a concealed firearm, and also... Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> the guy... Was he at least nice to you? Uh, he was at my table. I just saw him. Um, oh, yeah. I delivered something to his table, and he mentioned, you know, get me some salt and pepper. But he said it nicely. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, CNN, you can always argue that there is a bias, and depending on... I'm not even saying that I'm on this side of things, but you can say a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because Trump has pissed on them like for the past year, they're yeah. a little bit pissy. They're, at they're him. all fake news. Yeah. However, if you on the back of the shirt, it was from Infowars.com. Oh, really? <laughs> which meant to me, okay, so CNN is fake news, and yet the Lizard People, Sandy Hook stage shootings, the uh, gay frogs, and that's Building all, Seven. That's all, all that hard. Shit, that is gospel. That is hardcore facts. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, it's CNN, CNN's a little bit of bias. Yeah, that constitutes everything is fake. Did you did you see John Oliver's uh, um, episode? 
I, I don't have HBO, but it's on YouTube. He did a whole episode on Alex Jones. I did see that. Yeah. Oh, Where so he talked f- about how he was selling all those supplements and that yeah, was the and he like and, and his uh, crew they bought everything on his website. There was like Clinton rape whistles. There's the nine eleven was an inside job bumper yeah. stickers. It's like God. Well, I was mentioning this the other day. He's actually, I don't know so much anymore, but he's kind of hooked up with Richard Linklater because he showed up in a couple of his movies. Who? Alex Jones. Like really? There's, there's this group of people, because they're all from Texas, there's a group of people um, that Richard Linklater, I guess, buddies around with. And Alex Jones is in a couple of his movies. Actually, they're both the rotoscope movies. There's Waking Life. He's in a brief segment where he's um, in a van, and he has a big mega bullhorn on the top of the van. He's screaming all this conspiracy theory shit. And Waking Life is just a series of vignettes. Um, and it, that wow. was his vignette where he's talking about how the government and black helicopters and all that. And then he's in the other rotoscope link later movie, A Scanner Darkly. He's there's this random point I think where Keanu Reeves is outside of a fast food restaurant. And it's kind of the same thing. It's Alex Jones on the corner with a bullhorn, talking about you know how the government's looking into uh, your affairs and there's a war going on. And then I think some riot control cops like hit him over the head and they just Jeez. drag him to the back of a van and they take off. But what's kind of surprising about that, if you look at that scene, it kind of, Skinner Darkly is all about, you know, government surveillance and yeah. their involvement in the drug war. It kind of puts him on the right side of things because if Alex Jones is the kind of crazy preacher on the street and within the universe of the movie, he's right. I don't know. I'm curious to see what Richard Linklater's thoughts on Infowars.com would be. Yeah, that'd be weird. I know Billy Corgan's been on there a bunch of times. I think Trump, Trump was on there when he was running. Yeah, yeah. It, um, when you brought that up, seeing the guy with the CNN his fake news shirt, it reminded me one time I was walking my dog, and there's another old man there with his dog, and we, like, you know, the dogs go up to each other. We're talking. He's a very elderly man. He has, has a fanny pack, a tucked-in shirt. and his, He's killing it. Yeah, he's killing it. He has the old man uh, outfit to a T. Yeah. And his baseball cap says NRA, like, you know, how long it's been around. Yeah. And he was just basically like, just he w- was talking my ear off. And I remember one time he told me about like the dog he has. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, this is really uh, my daughter's dog. I just take care of it a lot." And you know, uh, I remember one time the dog got sick, and you know, the vet came. I took it to the vet, and it cost like four hundred and fifty dollars. And that really, like, he was talking about how like how Preach. upset that, how, yeah, how upset that made him. And he's just like, I, I couldn't pull my gun out of my pants fast enough. And he like he just ran out of there. And I was like, eh, okay. And I was like, I was trying to walk away, but he like walked me to my car and just talking to me about how much he loves his dog. I was like, oh, that's sweet. But then I just couldn't. Yeah. Like I didn't want to judge you, like you know, with the NRA, you know, you but a like relationship that goes far beyond the species difference. But four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, I had that. I mean, I had. A I, dog I get, I get. You know, you know, money's tight in a lot of families, but damn, just him going like, you know, I couldn't. I, I needed to pull my gun out faster. Exactly. Yeah. Shoot that sucker a down. A lot cheaper than gastrointestinal surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not my fault. It swallowed a penny. <laughs> Speaking of which, if a dog swallows a penny before 1982, I believe it could kill them. Really? Yes, I know from experience. It didn't die, but. Uh, I had a dog that, um, I think I mentioned this, it's where I realized there is probably a God and this God hates my dog um, (laughs) because it had every ailment known to man and on top of everything as we were curing it from all these parasites and fleas and it had this weird um, 
disease that comes from like Kentucky water. You can bring a dog to water, but it's going to get a disease. <laughs> but, That's a better phrase. Exactly. That's a better phrase. But on top of all that, it ate a penny on the floor, which it couldn't eat. It has having difficult time eating food to begin with. All of a sudden, it, its big meal is a penny. Yeah. That kind of pissed me off. But they mentioned at the vet's office when they did an x-ray, they found like a, a penny and they said, or they found something that was a circle. And they said, um, this should, it should throw it up or it should pass within a couple of days. We are in trouble, though, if it's a penny before 1982, because I guess pennies were made with primarily copper before 1982. It was more of a, it's, it's more of an alloy or something. It's more of a combination of metals now. But wow. I suppose in, if a dog ingests too much copper, you got a, you got a dead dog. I never knew that. So there was a, there was like a couple days we were. That was a fun fact. I'm like going through my change, trying to see the uh, amount of made night, right amount of Jimmy Carter, yeah, okay, amount I'm of good. Jimmy Carter era pennies I had. Oh god, but, yeah. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's one of those if you live it, that's where you pick up the piece of information. It's not something yeah. that just comes out of the chocolate thing. Like, yeah, like oh, I'm going to read up on pennies. No, right, you, exactly. you learn it from experience. Like, no one gives you a dog and say, oh, by the way, don't leave old pennies lying around because... <laughs> it could die. Right, yeah. That's like another good phrase. Don't leave pennies around or your dogs will die horrible deaths. Right. They'll be blamed on you because right. you left a penny on the floor. Right. And, and it's the whole phrase. You're out meter money. <laughs> Blame your dead dog. Yeah, blame your dead dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm getting a ticket. It's just my damn dead dog. I should have shot at $450. Jeez. Yeah, God. Couldn't get that vet in time. Uh, I wonder what that guy's doing right now. But, okay. We have to wrap up. I, I like this. This is just a random conversation. Yeah. yeah this is really comfortable, and I don't know. Within I, I enjoyed it. Within the randomness. Did not spiral off into too far of a tangent. I yeah, like I like the, I like the tangent though. I like venting. I right. like just talking about random stuff. Right. I I came here with the intent of finding my place <laughs> in the universe. I guess I'm gonna have to settle with a little bit less, but that's okay. Well, if I did anything for you, that's good enough for me. I consider it a compliment. Yeah, you made me very wary of microphones in my face. <laughs> I'm going to have a dream about very sensitive audio recording technology. Hey, you can bring a man to a microphone, but if he ain't drinking... Exactly. If he ain't smacking that away from his face, (laughs) that's money well spent. Yeah. Circuit City, rest in peace. Oh. Wait, (laughs) why Circuit City? I don't know. I miss Circuit City. (laughs) There used to be one near my house. Now it's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We're we're dedicating this episode to Circuit City. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for coming on the podcast again. Peace, love, and soul. Yeah. In a few months, I might ask you to do it again. (laughs) I'm sure my life will not have changed. (laughs) Yeah, same with mine. But um, I can relate. Uh, But yeah, thank you for doing it. Uh, We should go see a movie again. Yeah, we haven't seen a movie together in a long time. Yeah, we should we should go see uh, we should go see one of them flicks. Yeah, see one of those picture. I shows. I like to do that. Yeah, see one of those picture shows. One of those picture shows. Yeah, another movie I just watched that I really dug was uh, Paris, Texas, with Harry Dean Stanton. 
and rest in peace too. Yeah, really that was a really off when he died. Yeah, Paris, Texas. Supposedly Kurt Cobain's favorite movie. Yeah, that, I just learned that too. Yeah, really good. That ending scene when he's talking to his uh, a strange wife. Wife through the thing. Yeah, I'm, was, I'm gonna. I've always meant to do that at a peep show, but I've not done that. Yeah, yet. <laughs> like, I've never gone. Oh, yeah, that's just what, so not my spin scene. Spin around and all of a sudden give some long monologue in which you're the just tell the distant. Make them a whole story about their yeah. past. You got jealous. All of a sudden they say like, "Are you who I think I am?" I'm like, "No." No, no, hi, I'm Zach, I'm not your husband. I'm just weaving a yarn out of, but nice dance, I like the heels. Yeah, yeah. Is this really all the small rooms are a hospital, a bedroom, a diner? I guess diners are sexy. You go with what you know. Yeah. Familiarity brings you into If diners world. turn you on, why am I to judge? I don't care. You got to be brought into that subculture with yeah, what you yeah. know. You have to have it explained to right. you. You just don't go dive it in. You don't dive in and just assume. You got to You gotta learn. Throw out an olive branch before you know. <laughs> throw out them titties. Bada boom, bada bing. That doesn't <laughs> even make sense with titties. Okay. Thank you again for doing it. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, go to unplannedcomedy.com to sign up for classes and check the calendar for shows. There's a lot of great shows here. And also check out the podcasts on here. There's a bunch of good podcasts on here like Food Weirdos, In Tune, and a, uh, a podcast I have been on. I think it was episode five where I talked about BoJack Horseman. Uh and um, uh, Gary Titlebombs, I heard, is very good. There's just a ton you can check out. Go on there, see live comedy, Unplanned, all the other theaters. Check out the other podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. And for the love of God, take it easy.